And we are back with another episode of The the Shop, the podcast with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat yep. Gazette Sports Department. I got Henry Apple to my right, and on my left side, Ricky Fires and Paul Boyd wearing his ASU cap, repping the uh, the Red Wolves today. What's, what's that song, Clowns to the Left, Me, Jokers to the Right? This Is that what totally you got? Correct. Yep. You stuck in the middle with Absol- us? Absolutely. And I feel Absolutely. bad for you. So, had some great high school football games last Friday night. Rick, we're going to talk about Fayetteville at Bryant first. That was the game of the week in 7A. I would say that it lived up to its billing. I tell you what, when you get beaten overtime by one point twice, what's the best way to cure that? You beat go down and beat somebody by one point. That's exactly what Bryant uh, uh, lost to Fayetteville. Fayetteville come out on top 36-35. That's a big-time game between Powers and the 7A Central, 7A West. 7A West comes out on top on this one. Uh, just a great effort by Fayetteville, who's now, what, 3-0 going 3-0. in conference play? So I was following along on Twitter on that game, and you know Fayetteville got out to a big lead in that game. And I'm like, yep. wow, Fayetteville's going to blow Bryant out. And so I didn't check for a long time. Then I came back, and Bryant had come, came back and took the lead. And I'm like, what, 35-24? And I'm like, yep. what? What in the world happened to Fayetteville, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought Fayetteville had lost. I didn't know that they came back and won the game because I thought, you know, I turned it off and I was covering the game and came back. In fact, Paul and I talked about that. And I said, well, I guess Fayetteville lost. And I guess they, you know, went down to Bryant. And I guess they lost. I didn't know until I got home and, and then went back through Twitter again that they had actually came back and won that game. So what a, there what was a, a big roller time coaster to... that game was. Well, that's something that – Every, I've talked to Billy Dawson six times, and every time he says, Rick, said, we've lost five games last year in the fourth quarter. And looked like they were about to lose again, but somehow they came back and, and regained their composure and finished off a huge, big-time uh, road win down there. Not only did you beat a good team, but the way you won that game. So that's got to be a huge confidence booster for a team that did lose a lot of close games last year. Well, so far, you know, Fayetteville's av- uh, answered every – you know, every yep. bell, you know, that they've had this year. They went on the road and won a big game in the opener against a really good team. Catholic League uh, up there is strong in St. Louis. Absolutely. Came back home, beat beat an Owasso team, yep. sound, dominated them. I yep. mean, it, it was never – I mean, never really close. They dominated yep. them. Yep. And then to go on the road last week and, and, uh, and, and come back, have a big lead, lose it, and, and be able to come back and win it again. I mean, you know, you have to feel good if you're Billy Dawson. You, you have now, to feel I got real ta- good. Now, I got to talk to him next, uh, probably today or tomorrow, about uh, uh, Bowers. I guess he hurt his knees. I don't, I don't know how serious it is, but hopefully he'll be ready to go when uh, Friday's game against another big-time game, conference opener, Bentonville West. So, Henry, let's kick that over to you. So, here's Bentonville West. You know, high expectations coming into the season. They go over to Owasso, season opener. Jump out to a great start. I mean, they're they're ahead in this game. You were at that game. They're you know they're looking good in this game, and then Will Jarrett, their quarterback, goes down, and Bentonville West has not been the same ever since. No, they haven't. I mean, uh, Will Jarrett, obviously a, a main cog in the offense. Uh, I know they put in a sophomore Dalton McDonald for a while, even using Jaden Jackson a little bit as in the Wildcat package. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they finished up. Even against Owasso, they used Tucker Swoboda, but they've had injuries throughout non-conference play. They've kind of been snake bit. They've lost Jarrett for two games. They lost Jaden Jackson for one. They've uh, missed two more starters at least for at least one game or more. And the only good thing about this is simply we're now hitting conference play, 
And from now on, I mean, everybody's now got a clean slate. It's 0-0. And the next seven games are what will be more important because that's going to get you in the standings and in playoff situations. Well, exactly. I mean, if you're going to have injuries, you want them to happen, you know, in the non-conference part of your, your schedule. I mean, everybody wants to go 10-0, and but the most important thing is to go 7-0 and in your conference if you can. I mean, that's that gets you the first round by, that gets you the home field, you know, in the in the playoffs. I mean, that's, those are the games that are important. And, you know, I knew that, you know, you had talked to Coach uh, Pratt and, and uh, I knew that, you know, we knew that, that probably Will Jarrett was going to, you know, set out, you know, the final two games. And, uh, you know, he had an ankle injury. They thought at first it might have been broken. But I guess it was severely sprained, which sometimes actually can be worse than a break, as far as you know, you know the pain and everything. Um, but uh, but hopefully he'll be back this week. Should be a good game Friday night. Bentonville West opens up seven A West conference play on the road at Fayetteville. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how that's going to work out and see if if uh, Jarrett's back, uh, you know, able to play and Jackson and all that. So Bentonville West is a good team mm-hmm. with all their weapons. They you know. Who knows? I mean, and, you know, if, if Jarrett's not healthy and it's still another week or two before he plays, um, you know, I'm going to probably – when he comes back and Bentonville West has all its bullets in its gun, it's going to be a factor whether it's the one seed, the two seed, or the six seed in the playoffs. They're going to be a factor in the playoffs. Yeah. I think – what was one say, thing I said? There's an old saying, you better not go up against seven people with a six-shooter. There you go. There you go. So we had some other big games in the area last week. Paul Boyd, we're going to kick it over to you. Roger, now I was at the game, but Rogers is, is your beat school. But Rogers got a, you know, that was a big win for them. To, to, and I know Little Rock Parkview is not a, you know, a, what would be considered to be a state power, but uh, they have a good team. They have a really good team. You know, I, I got to visit with Mike Lloyd a little bit yesterday, and, and he said himself, he said, you know, from the time I've been here, he said, I go back to maybe the win that they had a few three years ago over Springdale to, to get them a playoff spot, you know, that was, this is a comparable win for them. So yes, it's a big win for their program. And he said, you know, we beat a good team, a talented team. They, they did. Uh, I was impressed with their, uh, with their running back play. I thought they had two really good backs. Um, I thought they did a good job defensively in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. You know, Rogers had taken a little bit of a small lead, you know, there at halftime and, um, you know, I, I mean, I, but they came out, you know, in the third quarter and, and Parkview just dominated, you know, for about the next, you know, 14, 15, 16 minutes of the game, they just dominated and turned that around and took, you know, took a nice lead on Rogers and, you know, and I'm thinking, well, you know, well, this is going to be, you know, it's a tough loss for us. Basically it's their season opener, you know, because they did play a season opener. Then they had a bye week. Then they went to Little Rock Central and, and played about five plays before that game got canceled to Lightning. So basically, it was almost a start over for them. Um, and so they opened up, had a nice dry opening drive, and, and uh, uh, got a big fourth down, uh, first down play out of the quarterback. Hunter Lloyd kept the drive going, scored a touchdown on fourth down. Um, nice pass play. It's kind of a flea flicker pass play, um, and got and scored there that way. Um, but then. Part of you taking a little bit of a lead, and uh, you're thinking, well, you know, can can Rogers come back and win? They had done had one first down the whole second half up to that point, and then they drove about 65 yards and looked great doing it, and scored to go up by one, and uh, and then their defense held Parkview on a big fourth and five play near midfield. That was the turn. That was the game. I mean, that was the ball game on that play. One of the things that he pointed out was, you know, 
they had as many as five, maybe six kids that, that went both ways at some they point. They did, absolutely. And, did. and that's pretty huge, especially three of the kids that played the majority. He said, I bet they played more than 100 snaps, and they're all on the line. So, that man, that's, that says a lot for those kids to play both offensive and defensive line. And, you know, and like you said, be able it's to put together. Yeah, yeah. seven eight, you don't see that very often. Well, and be able to put that put together that drive in the fourth quarter, what we're talking about here. So, Paul, I know you hadn't had a chance to see Rodgers high play this year, but they're using the field goal instead of punts as their strategy on fourth down. I had never seen that before. We talked a little – he and I talked a little bit about it, and he was saying that, you know, from the standpoint of, of you know, it, the, the punt protection's not very good. The chances of it getting blocked are, are better. So – Hey, it's a better strategy. For, it works for them. He said it'll work for us. Well, it did work for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they, um, you know, the first, now the first time they did it, I think it caught everybody by surprise. Um, and I think they, they, they pinned Parkview down, you know, pretty close to its own goal line. Then Parkview kind of picked up on what they were doing from then on. Um, and, and, uh, but anyway, it was uh, something I'd never seen before. So in my box score, um, you know, down under missed field goals, it has them missing five field goals, including one of 90. Yards, yeah. So they 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 did this from their own twenty. Mm-hmm. So it was a, t- a ninety yard you know field goal attempt <laughs> that yeah. came up just a little bit short. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. actually seen this in the the past two years where Dardanelle does this extensively. I saw them do it last year against Charleston. Two years ago, they did it in a playoff game against Shallow Christian, and it's just a case where they pretty much tell the kicker, "Okay, you just kick the ball." certain angle and angle it for out of bounds and when he's got a great leg do it because he can kick it 50 something yards it'll work just like a punt because field goal kickers are only seven yards back where a punter is 15 yards so that's actually giving them extra yards they can work with wow it was a good strategy and i'm 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 guessing rogers will continue to stick with that strategy as far as i know that is correct it was successful let's stay in seven eight paul i know you were over and you saw a good game on friday night talk about your game uh well i saw fort smith south side and i want to tell you they they've got some offensive weapons Mm -hmm. i think we've seen that already but i saw it firsthand on on uh, friday with uh, quarterback tay gatewood and uh, ricardo savoy Savoy, yes Love that name. Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, they they have some quickness and explosive explosive plays on offense. They were able to put together some big plays. First play of the game, uh, Savoy takes a little swing pass and goes sixty one yards. Well, Henry, I guess you probably saw Savoy last year, and I think he was you know did pretty well in the seven A state track meet. So I know coming in, he you know uh, Jeff Williams had high you know had some high expectations on him because of his speed and some experience back at offensive line. So they kind of knew, you know, kind of what he could do. And he's, you know, he's one of those kids that kind of lived up to what Coach Williams you know, thought he was going to be. Yeah, he. not only did I get to see him possibly in track, but also got to see him in the, uh, their season opener against Bentonville West, that first home game, in which Ricardo Savoy had 200-something yards rushing, I think around 240 with three touchdowns. And he also caught a little swing pass out of the backfield for 68 yards and a touchdown. So the boy can go. We've, you know, we've got some good running backs, you know, in this area that we've seen. You know, we've talked about Gabe Husky a lot at Harrison and what kind of great year he's having. You got Savoy at Southside. You got Garrett Vaughn over at Springdale. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving out some, but but those are just three that just kind of jump out at you. Just, you know, absolutely are just having tremendous seasons. You know, at running back. 
Well, one thing I got to point out, we talk about offense a lot, but we got to mention that Jalen Coleman, defensive back for, for Southside, three interceptions. Two of them. Two pick sixes, right? Two pick sixes. Run, run one back 68, one back 78 yards. Well, yeah, but he's a defensive back. That's not near as fun as seeing a big old defensive lineman get his hands on the ball and run, rumble in. When, I, when you say Rick, I mean, that's – that's pure gold right there. Who was that Dallas Cowboy guy that picked up a fumble years ago and he was holding it up and didn't Leon get Lett. Leon Lett. Yes. Ooh, Leon I Lett. Want, I want me some Leon Lett kind yeah. of uh, return <laughs> right there. And then a the wide receiver comes down there and, and catches him right at the goal line. Leon looks yeah. kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was on a on a ice. That was a, during a, an ice storm. Yep. In Dallas. Yeah. That was uh, Jimmy Johnson wasn't too uh, wasn't too pleased with Leon Lett that day. I don't believe. So let's drop down the classification a little bit. Let's talk about Farmington had started the year 2-0 and and had looked impressive putting together a 2-0 and record. They went over to Pea Ridge, a team that was 0-2. Granted, they'd been playing 5A teams, and, and uh, they were, you know, had, had uh, stepped up, and they were 0-2. And it was all Pea Ridge Friday But well, these two games just absolutely stunned me. Uh, Farmington, and but, but Mike Adams said, hey, that – 0-2 record or whatever, he said, we're completely not uh, even considering that. And P. Ridge showed, because early records don't mean a lot in non-conference play, P. Ridge 42 to nothing over Farmington. The other one, Russellville over Alma, 31 to nothing. Both those games just surprised me uh, very much. Well, I've gotten a chance to see Alma the week before, or might have been whenever it was, they played Springdale. And offensively, Alma just – just didn't look good at all in that game, and it looks like that's kind of carried over to the Russell game. They got shut out. Um, they scored seven points against Springdale, and that that scoring drive was aided by two major penalties on Springdale's defense, in which they had actually forced turnovers on those plays, and 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 didn't get the turnover because they had made penalties on them, and got Alma close, and Alma was able to get a touchdown in, but. Other than that, they basically did zero offensively against Springdale and then again against Russellville. So Coach Lothridge is, is going to have to figure out a way to get that offense going if they're going to be a factor in that 5A West because we know Harrison is going to put points on the board. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's a cliche, but coaches, hey, the season starts in conference play. Uh, everything before that really doesn't matter. It's like a warm-up. So they got to beat that mentality in them. And Alma guys, man, you just got to forget all that and come out and play on Friday. Uh, uh, Farmington, Pea Ridge, all those uh, with conference play. I want somebody smarter than me. I, I know we're not, we don't have access to the video right now. Can somebody explain to me the end of the Charleston game where they won on the last play? Henry, well, can you take well, a stab at it? Let's, let's, you... let's back this up here. Let's, let's back that play up. Okay. So, Rick, before it ever got to that point, the Charleston defense had stoned Ozark like at the five-yard line. Ozark is going in for what's going to be the 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 throat, you know, going for the throat, step on the throat kill at the end. Mm-hmm. And Charleston's defense stopped them. So that's okay. what set it in motion. That's how okay. Charleston got the ball back. And they were down, what was it, Henry? It was inside, just inside the 40. Yeah. I think it was at the 38. And the, the how the play results is he throws a pass about 10 yards. This is the quarterback call. The quarterback Quarterback Cottle throws a pass, and it's quickly the old hook and lateral. Not ladder. Not, not, not ladder. Firehouse subs. Not it's a ladder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if I want a hook and ladder, I'll go to Firehouse subs and get one there. Absolutely. Great. Fantastic. So, but anyway, he laterals the ball, and the guy runs 
down the right sideline to about the 20. Okay. When he sees the defenders, well, he turns around and he laterals the ball back to another person who then throws the ball two-thirds across the field, another lateral to another teammate. And again, all this is perfectly legal. This guy then takes the ball, runs inside the 10, where he's about to get hit, well, he laterals to another guy who's just out there by himself, and he waltzes in for the score. Now, here's where it gets sticky. So, we went back Uh, and looked at the video on this. Yes, I went back and looked at the video several times because I knew something did not look right about the play. And sure enough, if you look at the last lateral, the guy pitches it from the eight, but the guy catching it, catches it at the six. That's two yards ahead of the, of the yeah, uh, guy. That's I, what I, we call a forward. The only lateral. thing is that the official who was on that side of the field was about five yards behind the guy and yeah. out of position. So you see how that could happen. I mean, that's just a helter-skelter, hectic play. So yeah. you still got to give, give them credit for Absolutely. pulling that off. Yeah, give Charleston credit yeah. for pulling it off. I'm sure they did not draw this thing up or yeah. they had it in their – thing but I'm sure you know if, if this been the college game or NFL game they'd have reviewed it they would have reviewed it they would have reversed it but hey we don't have that in high schools did they run through the Stanford band they did they ran a, trum- a trombone player for Charleston was absolutely <laughs> ran over there in the end zone yeah that's I mean yeah just going back to that play that's that's, yeah. that's going a long way back that's going a long way John people. Elway John Elway was at Stanford at that time that's exactly right young people don't know what we're talking about what year are we talking about 1980, I think that was 1982. 1982. Yeah, John Elway was still the quarterback, and that's the game that, that Cal, thought, Cal. They, thought they had the game the, won. Yeah, and, and the band was coming out on the field. March to victory, Cal Bears <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and Stanford said, wait a minute. And they, they ran about 37 lateral, yeah. laterals on the yeah. kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was on the kickoff return yeah. because they scored on like with about four seconds left yep. to play. And, you know, I know. To this point, I think Cal not only stole a victory, they stole that trombone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to kick it back up to 7A real quick, and we'll talk about Springdale Harbor. Now, this is a team that had gotten you know rolled in their opener yep. uh, to Pulaski Academy um, and, and then had a bye week. And Harbor used that bye week, uh, got some things straightened out. You know, They say that the, the most improvement you make usually is from week one to week two. From Harbor, it was from week one to week whatever week yeah, two was. Yeah. Um, went down to Russellville, got a big win, lost their quarterback, Blaze Wishing, lost him in that game, but still got the win. Then went to Pine Bluff, and Rick, we talked about this game and how tough that environment was to play down at Pine Bluff, but it was all Harvard. They dominated that game. And Hunter Wood, he's the son of, of Chris Wood, the coach, he played some quarterback. He's probably the best overall athlete you know, on, on the Harvard teams. He's also a star you know, on, the base, on the baseball team that won a state championship. Um, but anyway, he played some quarterback. Noah Livingston played some quarterback. They ran a little razzle-dazzle here and there, and, and uh, Hunter scored a couple of touchdowns, short runs, and he threw another touchdown pass, and, and uh, Harbor you know, got a big win on the road, big confidence win going into conference play this week. And don't be misled by, okay, Harbor's 7A and Pine Bluff is 6A. You know what? They're both the same level. Uh, Pine Bluff, going back 40 years, they've been a power house in in Arkansas, especially down there at uh, their, their stadium. They're intimidating. And I got to give Harbor a lot of credit for, you know, they just figure a way. I mean, Hunter played a little quarterback and maybe they did some other thing, but to go down there and put a game plan together and come back with a victory says a lot for Springdale Harbor. So uh, good job, Wildcats. 
And we'll close this one today by talking about Elkins. Elkins opened up its new stadium, John Bunch Memorial Stadium 2.0. This is yes. a brand-new stadium at Elkins. Beautiful, by the way, beautiful stadium, beautiful turf, that green and, and purple. It's awesome-looking. Um, new weight room. I mean, they are really excited down at Elkins, and what a way to christen that new stadium. Uh, John Bunch, uh, for some of you people who don't know, he was a great running back, uh, set the record for, he had the national record there for a while, 608 yards. I'm glad they kept his name on the new stadium right there. Uh, they had uh, his uncle there. Uh, they had some relatives there. Uh, it was just a great opening night, beautiful stadium. It now runs north and south like most most of them do. And uh, they're 3-0. and I mean, and if you hadn't seen uh, the, the uh, junior quarterback, uh, Quinn McClain, he is an uh, exceptional athlete, but he's not the only one. They got some good athletes on that uh, Elkins team. Now, as the coach said, Brian Hudson afterward, he said, hey, hey fellas, we ain't done nothing yet. Conference play start. They got to make that, gosh, awful long trip down to Waldron. And, you know, maybe on paper they win that game, but you make them long trips. You don't know, especially, uh, of course, Waldron's telling their kids the same thing. Uh, what you've done so far means nothing. Everything's starting over. So that would be interesting to see how that game turns out on Friday. You know, and we're going to stay in that 4A4 real quickly before we close this up. But, um you know, Elkins being in the 4A4, and, and, and we know that's going to be, you know, anytime you step up in class, it's going to be tough, even though they do have some great skill guys. Pot, let's talk about Pottsville real quick, because Pottsville was a team that gave Boonville fits the week before, and Boonville had to hold off Pottsville on a two-point conversion there at the end to get that win. So Pottsville was considered one of the favorites in that conference, along with Ozark, which is one and two, by mm-hmm. the way. So you got Ozark at one and two, Pottsville, which which almost beat Boonville, but then they came up to Prairie Grove and just got destroyed by Prairie Grove. Uh, Prairie Grove, their starting quarterback Ethan uh, Skates is injured, so they go with the backup quarterback Ethan Two. Ethan Two, Ethan Gunther, he did a great job, and I was surprised because I saw Pottsville uh, in the spring baseball. They got some good athletes on baseball. They do, but Prairie Grove after being you know kind of embarrassed, and and they put together again. Danny Absher, he got his old country boys together, and he said, "Man, we got let's uh, regroup and win this game." And they shut them out. I was stunned they shut them out. So good job by Prairie Grove. So I guess what the, all that leads me back to saying is that. Why not Elkins? Why can't why can't Elkins be you know considered to be one of the favorites in this conference? I, unless you know it's kind of like you know coming up to the seven A West, it's that weekly grind. You mm-hmm. know it could be that, and that could be a factor. But as long as they keep McLean healthy, and Graham healthy, yeah. and Chance Jones healthy, and the big defensive end that they got from Fayetteville from Fable. Yeah, healthy, I saw him. Elkins, Elkins is as good as anybody, and they, yeah. they definitely will be a factor in this 4A4. And I think maybe coming into the season, everybody kind of said, you know, Ozark, and, I know, and Ozark is, is good. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think Elkins will be a factor uh, in this conference. Yeah, it's looking right now like it will be maybe Elkins, Ozark, Dardanelle in this conference for the top spot. And Elkins hit pretty much – if they were going to go up in classification, this was the year to do it because by them going up, the 4A4 lost its biggest juggernaut with Boonville. Absolutely. And it went down to 3A. So, and with that, uh, another team we might want to have to consider too is Mina is in that conference as well. So, 
we shall see. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It really turned out well to Elkins because you, lo- you lose Chad Harbinson. They'd won back-to-back nine games. But getting uh, Brian Hudson, he's a veteran. He's coached all big programs. He's coached a little program. He knows what he's doing. And so uh, they're, you know, how are they going to do in the four? And it's still, they got to prove themselves. But I think they're looking a lot better than at least I had anticipated at the beginning of the year. And we talked about this too, and Henry, we've talked about this. So you got Elkins right now, which had to be in the 4A4 because there wasn't any room for him in the 4A1. So they had to be in the 4A4. Two years down the road, if if P. Ridge makes that jump to 5A, if Gravit makes that jump to 5A, and, and Prairie Grove, those are all schools that are on that, you know, moving in that direction. But if you just lose, if you just lose P. Ridge to 5A, that probably means Elkins comes into the 4A1. So you've lost P. Ridge, mm-hmm. a powerhouse program. You got Elkins coming in. Elkins can compete in the four A one just as well as anybody. So that that job that Harbison left that job is a great job. He left yeah. it way better than what he got found yep. it in, and set that up. And, and Coach Hudson saw that and he yep. jumped on that opportunity. New stadium, yep. chance to compete. Great quarterback, great skill position. I mean. You could not – it could not have set up any better for him. And I, I was over there, and then it's not, not the football field. they got a beautiful track, Mondo track or whatever it's called, so they can hold conference meets or whatever there. So that's a great facility. If you're driving by there, stop and see that football stadium. So great football last week all across the region, both in the River Valley all the way up to the state line in Harrison, all the way down to Waldron, and all the way over to Lamar. We got you covered all the way around the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We also want to remind you, don't forget, uh, we'll have our prep rally video show that will be out later this week um, in which Rick will make his picks. Rick, how'd you do last week? 16-5. and five. But I had an awful week before that, so I'm still trying to redeem myself. You're not wearing the bag over your head, though. I, like, I need like one. Like the Arkansas fans are doing now. You're not wearing well, the bag. I, so. Yeah, I, I need one. So that's good. So that's it for this week's edition of The Shop, our podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.